0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod50 for
1: 50% off. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Issa as host Issa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: Scared to death is explicit in every way. Please take care while listening.
2: Into our house, enter thou not. Through our fence, break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Robertson Annabelles. It is October. Happy spooky month. It is the best month of the year for horror. So very exciting times. To do scared to death.
0: It is. I like it.
2: I'm Dan, you're Lindsay. That's true. Knock that out. That's true. <laughs> it's true. That's Thanks true. to all the creeps and peevers who bought tickets to uh, my 2023 Burn It All Down stand-up tour. Um, the, man, the theater run, it's so exciting. Boise, Spokane, St. Louis, and Seattle already sold out. Mm-hmm. And second shows have now been added.
0: Way to go, guys. Thanks yeah. for showing up for us.
2: Uh, some other markets are selling really fast. Not sure that we're going to be able to add extra shows everywhere. So on some of you are like, oh, we'll just you know, get it closer to the time when the, when the show is. Nope. It may work out, but it may not. Because there's other artists who already have slots at a lot of those, uh, you know, venues.
0: Yeah, we, we'll we probably talk about it, like, on the bonus episode for this month yeah. about, like, what an interesting shift in your career and, like, all the things that we're learning.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, tickets available, dancomes.tv And, yeah, and thank you to all of those uh, people who have already bought tickets. And I've been seeing at the club shows, you know, more people are scared of their shirts. And it's very, very cool.
0: It's so fun. I love it when you're like— When they bring you out, they'll be like, say, he's the host of blah, blah, and scared to death. And there's like a little like cheering section. And then if I happen to be there, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, New merch in the Bad Magic store this week. Uh, Part of the new design look that Logan has been using for weeks now. Logan is calling this new collection Halloween Stroll featuring a pumpkin headed creature lurking at the edge of town. Perfect way to kick off our first October episode. Uh, Design uh, available is always on a tee. Also on a trick-or-treat tote bag and a new blanket. And you can check that out at badmagicmerch.com. You can check out these, these <gasps> des- designs that we're wearing that go Casey along. With, Guy. Yeah, they go along with a scared to death live Praise. haunted Halloween.
0: Zoom in on my left breast. <laughs>
2: True tales of Hallow's Eve Horror 2. And this is that show that, you know, the stories that'll just live uh only on the live show. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be part of the podcast feed uh or on Patreon. And that is gonna be uh Thursday, October 27th, 6 p.m specific Time Through Moment, and you can get the tickets at badmagicmerch.com. And, and then yeah, and the and, merch goes along with the, with yeah. the show. Yeah,
0: limited edition merch. Dan's mm-hmm. got the witch tea. Yeah, I just ordered it. the witch blanket for myself. I'm excited. Uh, and also just for those who've been asking, the show will be available for seven days afterwards. So, like, if that's too late for you oh, to yeah. stay up or whatever, I like your move.
2: I had to get the book out of there.
0: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be available for a while afterwards. So, you can listen to it through halloween which i just imagine will be so fun
2: yep that is good info to add and then you i think you just had one more thing you wanted to talk about our charity for october and then we're off to storyville
0: and we're off yes okay so this month we realized we hadn't donated to an animal cause yet this year so we're excited this is human slash animal cause uh guide dogs for the blind I mean, yeah. y'all know how much we love our fur babies, and they would be terrible guide dogs, but there are other dogs that are wonderfully trained to help those that are vision impaired. Uh, their their mission statement says that uh, we believe in connecting people, dogs, and communities to transform the lives of individuals with visual impairments. So for more information on that, you can go to guidedogs.com. Of course, our donation amount is yet to be determined as we're recording in advance, but we'll fill you in on that soon.
2: Yep, exactly.
0: It's like a sweet one. We've had like mm-hmm. some really like heavy charities this year because it's 2022. Yeah, but I love this one. It's just yeah. kind of a little bit lighter.
2: I think the dogs could be uh, Penny can Penny if she was trained correctly. We could know a crazy amount of tricks with very little training. Yes, she can spin, jump, lay down, roll. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't roll over.
0: Well, she can kind of roll over. Monroe and I have pause
2: like... with both, but I mean, with very little training, uh-huh. it, she is so food motivated. Uh huh. I think she could uh, be a circus dog, she could be a guide dog.
0: I don't think she could be a, do- a guide dog just because she doesn't have the sniffer for it mm. and she's easily distracted by food, the sounds of oh, rappers. Ginger, on the other hand. Her sniffer is out of control. She true. is such a good sniffer. Mm-hmm. So I think that she actually, and she is a little bit more sensitive and can be easily redirected. That's this true. is like Penny is Monroe and Kyler is Ginger. I feel like I'm describing our children. <laughs> Who's more easily reprimanded and put in their place?
2: Oh, man. Kyler. They're both pretty good. But yeah, Kyler.
0: Kyler's easier to redirect.
2: Yeah. Monroe yeah. is. She's more stubborn. But she's also very good.
0: She's a, she's a little tiny Dan Cummins. She's very good. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah. No one said they weren't great.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, she should not have to be redirected too much. But yes, she's oh, We're
0: defending our kids. It's like, it's okay. <laughs> kids do things all the time that require direction.
2: True. Um, What kind of horror do you have for all of us today, Lulu?
0: I have two hoes that I'm super excited about. Hoes. <laughs> we said whores. <laughs> what kind of whores do I have? Um, My first story is we might have on the fan side for the first time ever our own Darren. Oh, okay. A fan Darren. A admittedly, ad- okay. Admittedly great. so, which makes it even better. Yeah. And then my second story, some sort of creepy ass creature, possible skinwalker on the uh-huh. side of the road. This had me so freaked out. I'm I'm pumped about these stories.
2: Okay, good, 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 good. I have uh, my two the first is set in the woods of Alabama, and oh. the next is set all over Canada. First is about a ghost said to roam the grounds of Alabama's Haynes Island Park. The second involves a trifecta of UFO sightings in Canada from 1967 that for many are still the most concrete proof for UFOs that Canada has ever produced.
0: Hmm.
2: So let me know when your socks are on and you're ready to get anxious.
0: My socks are on. I've got on some appropriate Halloween witches. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me rotate. I'm not good at this. When do you guys think I'm going to get good at this? we're four <laughs> years in I, I need like a mark on the wall to aim for uh i've got my i also can't believe i never had this blanket before the protection spell blanket yeah yeah we've had what that forever I, what have i been doing for the past four years
2: i'm ready i, f- I forgot we had that blanket in a while uh, a couple tattoos ago when i was with will xx oh yeah. he had it on in the wall of his studio and i was like oh dude that's a cool blanket oh no it's and not he, the
0: blanket it's the flag it's oh, like a yeah, um, yeah yeah that's right tapestry
2: tapestry but of the and he was like yeah, bro, that's yours. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, man. Will XX, I know we got to dive in, but he just tattooed your face on somebody's arm. and Oh, God, for time to get. It's wild. Cool and interesting.
2: <laughs> okay, so a little bit of setup on this first one. Uh, Nancy Mountain is a place within the Haynes Island Park located near Haynes Island in the state of Alabama on the Alabama River. I got to say, coming from the mountains of central Idaho, the Sawtooth Range, Seven Devils, the Bitterroot, Salmon River Mountains, uh, Nancy Mountain is not a mountain, I, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> is it, it like is, a big hill?
2: It's barely a hill. Okay. Uh, but that's the name. Uh, this thickly forested park is supposedly haunted by Nancy, the spirit of an unfortunate mother from the era of the American Civil War. According to legend, Nancy and her family once lived on the small mountain, a.k.a. ground slightly higher, maybe 50, 100 feet higher at the most (laughs) in the surrounding area. Her son enlisted in the Confederate Army once the war began, was killed in combat, and to add extra tragedy, his body was never found. Hmm. Day after day, Nancy walked from her home to the river where there was once a steamboat landing. She hoped that one day her son would return on one of the boats. If he wasn't alive, she at least hoped his body would arrive so that she could bury his remains. She carried a lantern and a pail of water with her every day to the river just in case he came home. Nancy's hu- Nancy's husband, also devastated by their loss, and set out to search for his missing son. And then Nancy eventually received word that her husband was found frozen to death. Ooh. His body laying on the ground near an unknown soldier's grave in Tennessee. Soon after this, Nancy herself disappeared and was never seen again. Nancy's former home no longer exists, but some have claimed to see her spirit wandering the trails of Haynes Island Park at night, lantern in hand. People report seeing a woman in a white gown walking on the trails and by the riverbanks. Others have claimed to see just a floating lantern with no one holding it. Some Corps of Engineers rangers who did work on the island have stories of numerous campers telling them about seeing the spirit of Nancy. This campsite appears to be a much lesser known paranormal hotspot, which may explain why some campers are surprised and horrified when they encounter a ghost they never expected or wanted to see. Time now for the tale of the ghost of Nancy. The week of Thanksgiving break was always a strange time, or at least Ian thought so. It felt silly to him to spend time and money going home when he would see his family less than a month later anyway, but for the past three years, he had dutifully traveled home to avoid upsetting his mother. He was back in the tiny town he grew up in in Monroe County, Alabama. Ian attended school in Florida, It was expensive compared to in-state tuition, and he'd have loans to pay off eventually. But it was worth it to him to be in a warm tropical place overflowing with beaches and beautiful girls in bikinis. And it was far enough from home to have the independence he'd always wanted, but still close enough to easily come back for holidays and such. This was the first time he'd brought home one of those beautiful one of those beautiful girls. Ian had brought his girlfriend Sarah with him for Thanksgiving break. Sarah had some family problems, specifically with her mother, and had no holiday plans. Ian didn't want her to be alone, so he'd invited her to spend the holiday with him and his family. He was a bit nervous to show her his hometown. They'd only been together for about three months. Would she think less of him when she saw the tiny backwoods place he'd grown up in? Would she start to see him as some kind of hick or something? Would she like his parents and friends or think they were hicks? They hadn't talked much about where he'd grown up. He'd just have to find out over the next few days. Thankfully, everything went smoothly. Ian's parents loved Sarah right away and so did his friends. They all met up at one of the few bars in town and immediately hit it off with uh with her over drinks and a game of pool. Ian's friends invited them to go camping at Haynes Island Park. They'd already planned the trip. Ian knew about it, but hadn't made a commitment yet. They were supposed to go over the summer, but there had been issues with PTO and scheduling, and now this was the only time they would all be in town for their annual camping weekend. The weekend was actually going to be Tuesday morning through Wednesday. Since the ferry was only running on weekdays... And they didn't want to be stranded over the weekend or have to drive way out of their way to get around the ferry. An old cable ferry that's no longer there. Man, that thing was something. Always felt like you might get swept away in the river. It was a last-minute invite. Ian worried that Sarah wouldn't want to go, but she didn't hesitate and seemed excited about it. The trip was going so well, it was perfect. The next day, Ian's friend Cooper picked them up. His other friends, Jen, Mike, and Tyler were already in the car. It was packaged to the brim with five people in camping gear. They got to the campground without any trouble. They waved at the ferry drivers. He left them alone across the river. It seemed like they were the only ones there, which was exactly why they wanted to go at this time. Ian suspected that some of his friends might have packed a few things besides camping gear. The group wasted no time setting up their tents and exploring, and the weather was perfect. Chilly, a light breeze in the air, none of the heat and humidity of, of, of the summer. That night, they ate ramen, cooked over a small camp stove, drank some cold beer, and spent hours catching up. Ian hoped that Sarah might want to have some Alone time in their tent, but she went to sleep about a half hour before everyone else, saying she was really tired and just couldn't stay awake anymore. Ian looked at her face, illuminated by the glow of the lantern. He was surprised she was so tired. They'd gotten plenty of sleep the night before. Sure, it was late, just after midnight, but he and Sarah had pulled plenty of all-nighters before, and she'd never look like this. As he continued to look her over, he actually started to get worried about her. Her skin was pale, her cheeks lacking their normal pink color. She had dark circles under her eyes, like she hadn't slept in days. He also noticed that she seemed to be shivering a little. Are you okay? You look like you don't feel good. I'm just tired. She smiled at him. All that hiking must have worn me out. I'm out of shape. She patted him on the shoulder and made the short walk to their tent. Everyone settled down for the night soon after Sarah left. Less than a half hour after Sarah crashed for the night, Ian was unzipping the tent and he saw her curled up in a sleeping bag. She was wide awake, eyes staring blankly at the space in front of her. Hey, you still up? I thought you were tired. Ian sat down next to her. Sarah looked up at him, seeming to notice him for the first time. "'I am. I just can't sleep.' She sighed. "'I think I'm a little scared. "'I've never been camping before,' she admitted. Ian's eyebrows shut up. "'Why didn't you just tell me that?' She laughed. "'I don't want to be that girlfriend who makes you feel like you can't hang out with your friends. "'Besides, it's been fun today. "'Just a lot more exhausting than I thought it would be. "'I also don't think there would be so many noises at night.' Ian laughed, too. "'Well, we are outside.' I won't tell you about all the creepy crawlies we might find in our tent when we wake up. Jerk, she huffed, but he could see her smiling as she turned away from him. Sarah acted like she felt fine, but Ian noticed that she tended to downplay it anytime she felt uncomfortable. She still had those dark circles under her eyes and was still shivering when they fell asleep. At least Sarah was able to fall asleep. He just laid there wide awake. Ian soon found himself becoming pretty irritated. Why couldn't he sleep? Was it Tyler's snores coming from the next tent over? No, he usually could fall asleep no matter what was going on around him. He considered it a gift. He wasn't scared of any bugs or animals that might be outside, and he knew there weren't any predators on the island. So what was it? Frustrated, Ian carefully removed his arms from around Sarah and pulled out his cigarettes and a lighter. Sarah hated that he smoked and fussed any time she caught him. He picked up the habit in high school. While he was better about it now, he just hadn't been able to completely quit. When he was really stressed, smoking before bed always calmed his nerves and helped him sleep a little easier. Ian stood just outside the tent, smoking his cigarette and staring off into the dark woods. He had to admit to himself it was a little creepy. The chill and the breeze were still there, rustling the leaves around him. His mind wanted to fill the dark space with creepy images. He shook his head every time he swore he saw a face off in the distance. Ian was almost done smoking when he saw a tiny light way out there. It looked like it was bobbing up and down, slowly moving along. He knew the trail was over in that direction. Could someone be walking the trail at this hour? He knew it wasn't one of his friends. He'd been awake the whole time and would have heard them leave camp. Something felt wrong about what he was seeing. They were all sure they were the only ones at the park tonight. The thought of someone hiding out in the woods around them that they didn't know gave him the creeps. There weren't any homes in the nighttime walking distance, so it'd have to be some so it wouldn't be some local. And maybe it wasn't anyone. The light was so small, so far away. Ian couldn't see well from a distance, especially at night, and he didn't have his glasses on. It could just be the glow of an animal's eyes or Something else he couldn't think of? Not a person wandering alone in the woods at night. Definitely not that. Ian threw his cigarette away in a plastic bag and headed back into the tent, trying to ignore the uneasiness that had just settled inside of him. He laid down next to Sarah. She didn't move at all. He thought that was odd. Normally, she was a pretty light sleeper. She must really be exhausted. Ian also noticed that Sarah wasn't just very still. She wasn't taking in breaths like a person normally does in deep sleep. He put one hand on her back, waiting for the rise and fall, but nothing happened. A bolt of panic surged through him, but he didn't want to wake Sarah up if she wasn't feeling well. Now he placed a finger under her nose and sighed in relief when he felt a tiny puff of air. Ian lay down and wrapped an arm around Sarah over her sleeping bag. His racing heart settled, and surprisingly, his eyes drifted shut. Tiredness came over him in a wave, and before he knew it, he was finally asleep. And then, sometime before morning, panic. A feeling of pure panic. What was happening? Ian was woken up by the feeling of his arms being pinned down and something heavy kneeling on his legs when he opened his eyes everything was dark took a moment for his vision to adjust it was early not even close to sunrise Sarah was on top of him pinning him down she was staring at him a look of intense concentration on her face from what he could see his eyes her eyes bore into his as if searching for something Ian thought it was a little strange the odd way she was looking at him he also hoped she was suddenly feeling a lot better and had woken him up with one thing in mind he grinned It's a little early, but... And then he was stunned silent. Sarah's face now changed. Ian watched the transformation happen right in front of him. It happened so quick. Sarah wasn't Sarah anymore. She was older, wrinkled, with hair so silver it almost shined in the dark tent. Her eyes different, too. They weren't Sarah's dark brown eyes. They were blue, and they were staring right at him. What? Sarah, what's happening? He croaked, finding it difficult to speak. He tried to scramble backwards, but couldn't. Somehow the small body on top of him was keeping him pinned to the ground. He couldn't move an inch. She was incredibly strong. His eyes shifted to the right now. When he'd fallen asleep, Sarah had been tucked against him, but now she was laying pressed against the wall of the tent like she'd been pushed aside. Did he do that? No, wait, what was happening? Whatever was on top of him must have done that. His attention was immediately brought back to the strange woman, not Sarah, pinning him to the ground. he stuttered, but he couldn't get the question out. Ian's heart was pounding, fear and adrenaline surging through him. Was this the person he thought he saw carrying the lantern earlier? It must be. What did she want? How did she look like Sarah before? Why couldn't he scream for help? It's me. The woman whispered in a gravelly hiss, as if she hadn't spoken for a long time. Her voice grated against his ears, only serving to increase the terror he felt. Ian still couldn't speak. His eyes widened and he shook his head back and forth in denial, trying to tell the woman he didn't know her. Ian's heart hammered in his chest, his muscles tensed up, screaming at him to do something, anything, but he couldn't move. The woman now brought one freezing cold hand against his mouth Covering his nostrils and blocking his airway Ian panicked trying to move his head Trying now to lift his hand free But he was locked in place No, 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 repeated over and over inside his head The only coherent thought he could form His panic, his internal struggle increased by the second The woman leaned towards him Bringing her face within an inch of his own I found you She whispered a massive grin splitting her face Ian! Ian! Ian, I'm coming in! Suddenly he could move again He shot upright Taking in a shaky breath And looking all around him The woman was gone In her place was Tyler Who was crouching in the tent And looking at him Concerned visible on his face Ian still couldn't speak His heart pounded He had trouble catching his breath As if he was winded From a long run Are you okay man? Ian heard shuffling next to him Sarah now sat up And was looking back and forth From Ian to Tyler Also confused What's going on? She asked She looked worried too Are you okay? What's wrong? She asked Ian couldn't answer Tyler spoke instead I heard all this shuffling around from your tent, and then I heard someone breathing super loud. sounded like one of you was hyperventilating. I called out, no one answered, so I came inside, and I found him like this. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, Ian was able to catch his breath and speak. He told an edited version of the truth. He said that he woke up on his back, feeling like he was being pinned down by someone. Scared him. He must have had a panic attack. Everyone was worried, but it seemed like they believed him. They decided to end the camping trip early and get on the ferry as soon as it started running for the day. It was only when Ian and Sarah were alone that he told her what really happened. He thought he sounded like he'd had some kind of mental break, but he had a realization on the ferry ride. Sarah got sick and tired, and then he saw the light. After Sarah fell asleep, the woman appeared. He felt like she must have used Sarah's energy somehow to manifest herself and make contact with him. Ian had believed in ghosts as long as he could remember, and he knew that there was no way someone could explain what had happened to him in any other way. But Sarah didn't believe him. She insisted it was just sleep paralysis, or maybe anxiety, blamed his smoking habit, reminding him that nicotine caused anxiety. She insisted that she wasn't as sick as Ian thought she had been. She was just tired and worn out. Ian was so frustrated that she didn't believe him, disappointed, a little hurt too. And then all that, combined with a few other problems with their relationship, but mostly the ordeal with the ghost, honestly, led to them breaking up. He felt that had to be one of the strangest reasons to break up ever. But there it was. Strong disagreement over a malevolent spirit. Ian still doesn't know what happened to him, or why. Maybe it was sleep paralysis, but he doubts it. After reading about the legend of Nancy, he thinks she went completely mad waiting for her son to return, and that she's still waiting, and still mad, in death. He can't find any pictures of what her son looked like, or her actually, but he is certain she looked like the woman, exactly like the woman he saw that night, and that her son must have looked a lot like him.
0: That is a cool story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one.
0: I'm a little sad they broke up.
2: (laughs) Kind of a funny reason to break up.
0: I know. But but also, I do kind of get it because it's like. Mm -hmm.
2: If you had a really powerful, if you felt you had a very powerful paranormal experience. Yeah. And with someone as Mm -hmm. well, with your partner. Mm-hmm. And then they just refused to believe it. I could see if you were like, you know, especially a, a lifelong believer in the paranormal. Right. It's like how that could, it was like
0: a new relationship. I mean, they were like yeah, three months like super
2: serious in. serious college yeah. age. Yeah. But I can see how that could, you know, along with a few other problems, be like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Pretty funny. Mm hmm. You yeah, know what? That story. I, I better, really like you better
0: it. believe me when I tell you these things happen. It's like I.
2: I, can, I will say as this podcast has gone on, I was actually <laughs> I was actually talking about this on stage in uh, South Florida. Uh, I'm such an idiot with stuff. I did not look when I was touring down there exactly where Miami oh, yeah. is in relation to the other cities. Yeah. And assumed I was in the Miami area. I was not. I mean, oh, I, I was-ish. Ish. But I was in Dania and I was in uh, West My Palm Beach. My fake nose ring is
0: falling down. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> like cool. I know, I'm trying it out, guys. If you can see it, I have a little fake nose ring in, but it, it fell down while you were talking. And I was like, oh, oh it tickles when funny. they're fake and they move around.
2: <laughs> but I was uh, talking on stage about that, about how, you know, just thanking people for listening to Scared to Death and saying that I started off super skeptical mm-hmm. and going into it was like, ah, eh, most of these stories are probably from, you know, it's probably just nonsense or, mm-hmm. or, or maybe even all of them. And as it's gone on, mm-hmm. I am for sure a believer.
0: Uh-huh. How do you feel about crystals?
2: I'm still on the fence about crystals. Uh-huh.
0: But I will say. I, I will say. You, you, have, you have a, You have a partner, mm-hmm. you know, who really – and I, just, <laughs> I I would hate for that to, like, be the catalyst. Oh, boy.
2: That's the straw? And you know what?
0: That's the, that's the thing I can't take.
2: <laughs> I, I'm open to there being things. It's funny with the crystal stuff. What gets me is when people adamantly claim that they know exactly what power, like, like, cause some people take it so far sure. and they're like, well, this will help your um, immune system. And I'm like, you don't know that you can think it does, but like that, that's a different thing than I saw a, a shadowy entity in the distance. Claiming that something helps your immune system requires uh, study, requires, hmm. like, uh, you know, hmm. you got to have a control group, an experimental okay. group.
0: Okay, okay, I hear what you're saying.
2: Requires some lab work.
0: Okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. I do. Uh, but, like, you saying you saw something to me is just as wild of a claim because it's, like, you can't prove that you saw <laughs> okay, something. Okay,
2: here, here, here here's the difference yeah. on the paranormal side. Yeah. Uh, the difference to me is like, okay, I, I think I just saw something, or, mm-hmm. I, or I did see something. I saw a shadowy figure moving, a humanoid definitely moving around the house, me mm-hmm. and somebody else.
0: Oh, oh, well, now. Okay,
2: or, okay but either, either just me or me and someone else, either one. Yeah. That is a different claim than I saw a shadowy figure. It is definitely from the third realm of hell. And oh, it, I, see what you're it, I had to stay away from it because it has psychic powers and could have definitely like turned my mind against okay. me. It's like you add all these extra things. I'm like, to me, that's when it jumps a shark, where it's like you can think maybe it jumps a what? Jumps a shark, no longer believable.
0: Isn't it, that the term? It, I've never heard that. That doesn't mean it's not real. I just haven't heard it. Tyler, have you ever heard the phrase that that just jumps a shark? I uh, technically have not, but Logan said, mm-hmm, so <laughs> all
2: right, okay, someone. So Logan's heard. Well, okay. okay, okay,
0: good. Well, all right.
2: Sorry, I, I forgot my
0: foot pillow <laughs> that makes my legs higher. Ah,
2: so, and and that's how I feel about a lot of stuff out of the science world, like you know, um, spirituality and stuff. I'm like. That there's a sense of mystery to it, yeah, and, and I'm very open to the mystery, and I'm and I think I am a believer in a lot of that stuff. It's just when people get real, like, well, here's the exact rules, ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. That I have, that I have pause
0: Okay, not just me. Okay, okay,
2: yeah, yeah. Do you want to see some pics? I do. Uh, this first one is of Haynes Island State Park. See, it's not really mountainous. There's some hills out way in the distance.
0: Well, that looks so, like a mountain way out in the distance.
2: But even if you got close to that mountain, it's like, it's so flat out there. That could be a couple hundred feet maybe. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, like really coming. As opposed to like rising out of the I earth. Like it. I like it. Um, this next one, old cable ferry that took you across the river. Yeah,
0: this I want to see because I didn't understand. <laughs> okay. Isn't that cr- weird? That is weird. I've never seen a ferry like that. And I didn't know when it said like, oh, it feels like it could mm-hmm. wash you away. And I was like, wait, am I? Do they mean gondola and not you know, that, ferry? Like I was yeah. so confused. It's the
2: same mechanism as a gondola, but it's just pulling this uh, you know, big barge back and forth across that uh, slow moving river.
0: People, one thing, a car, that feels <laughs> yeah, that yeah. feels dicey.
2: Uh this next one, part of a heavily shaded wooded trail in the park.
0: That's really pretty, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. And then this but is, it
0: would be so creepy at night.
2: Yeah. And then this is the Nancy Mountain uh trailhead. So they got her name on the Nancy Mountain Trail there. Uh, and then this is uh, another pick from the park. Uh, that This is uh, on the other side of the park.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now that's, uh, that's a scary old ghost woman or something from good the job. 2007 horror film Dead Silence. Okay, you got me a little bit. I just thought maybe that's what the woman on Ian's chest looked like. Huh. Yeah. No, yeah. thanks. That's some good makeup.
0: Are, are you sure that's a no thanks? Because like I I could replicate that and wake you up like that. <laughs> I was thinking like my my brain gets more and more mischievous as we go on. Where I'm like, oh my god, that'd be pretty great if you woke up, yeah. thinking that you were gonna get some lovely lovemaking, uh-huh. and then instead Ooh. I was very very scary.
2: I'd like some makeup on. That would be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Later.
0: <laughs> Later. I know. And here's the thing: like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna record that, so yeah, it'll be worth it. Yeah. I, I've been thinking more about the, a
2: horror prank with Monroe. Now, it's been enough time since I did Kyler with the tiny speaker in his yeah, bedroom. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? Monroe's into horror
0: movies now. so Wait, I don't... hold on. Emerson, don't tell your cousin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our nephew listens to this. Monroe. Do not tell Monroe or else you're
2: out. Same prank. Same prank. There's been enough time, especially if... Uh, she has a good memory. She has a good memory, but I think there's been enough time where I don't think she would catch it if I put the little tiny speaker, hit it in her room, started playing horror stuff when she's trying to go to bed at night. She goes to bed early after on a weeknight um and she don't, can handle it now
0: don't do it on a weeknight that ruins her for school the next day yeah, she'd be good i don't think so that child is we're already like cutting off her red bull consumption <laughs> she has yeah. five red bulls a week
2: i know we're working on we're that. working on it don't yeah. judge us
0: uh no you we do that on a friday or saturday
2: yeah well we'll see we'll see uh,
0: well if you do it during a week I, day, know,
2: I have to deal with the consequences
0: yep yeah, you have to make sure she gets up for school the next yeah, day totally okay uh what did i have oh yeah that like thing about like um ian saying that he thought that nancy stole sarah's energy or Mm -hmm, somehow mm -hmm. i love that as an idea like i didn't even Mm. because you could it could have been as simple as like she really was just tired and then like nancy just showed up like but what a Fascinating concept to kind of think about. Like the only way Nancy can get there is if she, she can only come, yeah. you know, back yeah. if she drains the energy of another woman, mm. right? And then uses that woman's energy to find her son and like that whole like I found you.
2: Yeah, yeah. E.
0: <laughs> I I really liked that whole that whole concept.
2: Yeah, this far in, we're still constantly coming across new story details, so don't aren't familiar.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it.
2: Are you prepared for more proof that there are really probably UFOs out there? Oh, no. Watching this? This is a, I really like this one. And I can't, speaking of things like we've been doing it this long and haven't yeah. heard of, can't believe I hadn't heard of these stories.
0: Can I tell you an idea that I came up with that I can't believe we haven't heard? Just because it's what? right on the tip of sure. my tongue. When I was flying home from New Orleans, yeah. I was working on these stories and I was like, wait a second. Have we ever had ghosts on a plane? Ooh, no. And because it was a. That's le- a good one. I know. It was dark and it was late, and some people were up. Some people had mm-hmm. their little screens on. Some people didn't. Ooh,
2: that's a real good and one. And I was
0: catching shadows out of the corner of my eye, and I was scaring the bejesus out of myself.
2: I want to say, I can't remember if it was in the show or not, but I know I, I at least read a story about it was a uh, like a military plane, like an old one. Yeah. And that there worst like um ghosts that would be spotted on I can't remember if they were spotted up in the air or not that's, but, but but there was a haunted plane scenario but not like what you're talking about
0: Yeah it's just like what if like you like wait a second that's not a flight attendant Mhm and in a confined space People die on planes sometimes with tons of strangers People die on planes more often than you think mm-hmm. and or planes are transporting bodies in, yeah, the, cargo in the cargo hold Yeah the cargo hold yeah I know. It's such a great idea. Somebody take that, write a movie. That would be a fucking <laughs> awesome movie.
2: Okay, now you ready for UFOs? Now I'm ready. Before we examine some possible signs of alien life, let's first see what our sponsors have to say in today's mid-show break. What is the most basic gift you have ever given the moms in your life for Mother's Day? Flowers? A candle? Some random knickknack you picked up at the last minute because you completely spaced Mother's Day?
0: I have definitely made the mistake of procrastinating gifts for Mother's Day, and then, like the Friday before, I run to whatever store is open and convince myself that, yes, yes, my mom does need another coffee mug that declares she's the (laughs) world's best. So lame.
2: This year, how about one-upping yourself by giving the moms in your life an Aura picture frame? Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to any mom at any age. Aura frames connect easily to Wi-Fi and have unlimited storage so you can share as many pictures as you want.
0: This year, as many of you know, I am on a spending freeze, but one of my carve-outs was meaningful gifts for the people I love. I don't want to give all of the moms in our lives something that won't bring them joy. We are giving Aura frames to the moms in our world because they are timeless, heartwarming gifts.
2: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code SCARED at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
2: Visit betterhelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e-l p.com slash scared to death.
0: Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime beramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time.
2: Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death50 and use code death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash SCAREDTODEATH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Thanks for sticking around, Creeps and Peepers. Use those codes and landing pages if you're going to do some shopping with our sponsors, please, so they know you listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shibbity shoppity. Ready now to go full X-Files. Uh, in 1967.
0: You know I never watched that show.
2: I know, I loved it. Canada was visited by multiple UFOs, or at least that's what some claim. It would begin in May of that year, and an initial random encounter would soon be followed by a second sighting, and then there would be seemingly uh, a third extraterrestrial event witnessed by dozens of people. To this day, many people wonder why these mysterious crafts seemed to be attracted to Canada that year. Was it merely coincidence, mass hallucinations, and hysteria, or was there something on the ground that these entities were seeking? And if so, did they find what they were looking for? Time now for the tale of Canada's Year of the UFO. In Falcon Lake, Manitoba, in May of 1967, an amateur geologist named Stefan Mielehek went uh, went prospecting in the wilderness east of Winnipeg, expecting to find perhaps some old coins, crumbling structures, or a rusty tool. And then he found something vastly more interesting than any of that. Brushing the low-hanging branches of of pine trees aside, Stefan peered into a valley. He couldn't believe his eyes. At first, he thought maybe he was dehydrated or that he must have been seeing some strange reflection off the snowy peaks. But then it started to hum. The distinct sound was coming from a silver saucer-shaped craft about 10 meters wide, grounded on the valley floor. It appeared to be emitting something, though Stefan couldn't describe exactly what. It was some combination of sound, warmth, and light. Nothing like he'd ever seen, felt, or heard coming from anything before. Little squiggles danced in front of his eyes. His fingertips seemed to begin to warm up and he heard a low buzz in the back of his head that felt like it was coming from inside of him. Svon knew he'd be angry with himself if he didn't hike down and investigate the source of these mysterious sensations. Or would he? He currently couldn't fully decide what his emotions were. It was like this thing was scrambling them. He was a little afraid, maybe, or jittery. He had trouble controlling his hands, which were fidgeting at his sides, but in his chest he could feel something like euphoria, swelling bigger and bigger like a balloon. His breathing was quick and shallow. I've got to get down there, he thought. But did he think that? He also had no idea if it was a thought that he came up with or if it was someone else's thought. Perhaps a thought put into his head by someone or something else. Maybe a message from something that communicated differently than human beings. Something that either used some kind of telepathy or didn't have the barriers of privacy between his mind and other minds that human beings have. As soon as he walked down into the valley, all these concerns melted away. And only one thought filled his mind. What the fuck was that? As he got closer, he heard the whir of engines coming from an open door. He desperately wanted to know what lay inside that door, but it was impossible to crane his neck high enough to see through it. The ship was massive. It had only looked tiny from up above and a ways away. Stefan now felt his stomach sinking. When it had looked tiny, it seemed far less threatening. Now he realized that he didn't know if this was a craft or if the vessel was a creature or being of some kind itself, possessing some kind of intelligence all its own. He suddenly thought the whirring sounds that the thing continually emitted sounded a lot like breathing. If he just paid close enough attention, or maybe, maybe it was growling. He raised a hand to show that he didn't mean it or the things inside of it, if there were things inside of it, any harm. And then when he slowly placed his hand on the vessel, boom! Immediately, a blast of compressed air shot out at Stefan, scorching his shirt, hat, and skin. With another blast of air, the thing took off, but Stefan wasn't following it with his eyes. He was looking at his hand. His gloves had been burned through, and his fingertips where he touched the craft had been burned an unnatural-looking red. He was in so much pain that he would later remember few of the hours that followed. Or maybe the pain wasn't the reason why he didn't remember. Either way, his memory of these events wouldn't begin to crystallize until he was in a nearby hospital being treated for his burns. Months after the encounter, he would have to be treated for recurring blackouts. He would still report that his senses were scrambled, that up felt like it was down, colors seemed to have the quality of sounds, and so on. Did he have some kind of mental breakdown ingest some sort of hallucinogen that sent him on a long and terrible trip? He sure doesn't seem to think so. Also, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police would allegedly discover a barren 15-foot circle containing highly radioactive soil where Stefan reported seeing the UFO. Strange coincidence, if not evidence, of his story being true. More sightings followed this incredible tale. Just two months later, in July of 1967, in Kananaskis, Alberta, Journalist and novelist Warren Smith spotted a shiny disc quickly rising and falling overhead. He took two photos before the object disappeared into the distance. Later, he'd mail them to the Department of National Defense. And I'll show those later. Uh, After both Canadian and American intelligence studied the pictures, they concluded that he had indeed seen two unidentified flying objects, about 15 meters in diameter and three meters tall. The agencies added in an official report, if the story and photographs are a hoax, then it is a well-prepared one. The third and final sighting of note of 1967 would occur in Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia in October. Late on the evening of October 4th, at least 11 witnesses in this tiny town of four or 500 people, including Royal Canadian Mounted Police officers, sailors and pilots flying nearby, all reported seeing a large object with four flashing lights hovering above, then crashing into the harbor. En route to Toronto while flying over Sherbrooke and St. Jean, Quebec at 12,000 feet, From the Halifax International Airport, Air Canada First Officer Robert Ralph pointed out to Captain Pierre Charbonneau on flight 305 that there was something strange flying past the left side of the aircraft at 7.15 p.m. In his report, the captain spoke of an object tracking along on a parallel course a few miles away. He describes it as a brilliantly lit rectangular object with a string of smaller lights trailing the object. At 7.19, the pilots noticed a sizable silent explosion near the large object. minutes later, a second explosion occurred, which faded into a blue cloud around the object. Meanwhile, on the ground, Daryl Dory, his sister Annette, and his mother were sitting on their front porch in Mahone Bay when they noticed a large object maneuvering above the southwestern horizon. And also in the harbor, while standing at the wheelhouse of his vessel, Captain Leo Howard Mercy was looking at four blips on his DECA radar that appeared to be stationary. When he looked up, about 17 miles from the vessel's windows, he could see the four bright objects situated in a roughly rectangular formation. The entire crew of nearly 20 fishermen stood on deck, watched the object floating in the northeastern sky. Mercy radioed the Rescue Coordination Center and the Harbor Master in Halifax, asking for an explanation and filed a report with the Lunenburg RCMP. And then the big object crashed into the water. Assuming an aircraft had crashed, within about 15 minutes, two Royal Canadian Mounted Police officers arrived at the scene. Concerned for survivors, the RCMP detachment contacted the Rescue Coordination Center in Halifax to advise them of the situation and ask if any aircraft were missing. But then, before any attempt at rescue could be made, the flying object with lights still showing started to sink and then disappeared from view. A rescue mission was quickly assembled. Within half an hour of the crash, local fishing boats went out to the crash site in the waters of the Gulf in the waters uh, of the Gulf of Maine off Shag Harbor to look for survivors. But no survivors were ever found, nor any debris. Instead, authorities did find sulfurous yellow foam on the surface of the water. One man would later report the same kind of angry burn Stefan Mielehek received when he touched the foamy substance. Countless diving expeditions, including one as recent as 2018, still have not turned up any wreckage. So what the hell was happening in Canada in 1967? What were those things? What did they want? And where are they now? They're coming back. I have a lot of photos from this uh, this one.
0: When you said that thing about the yellow sulfur burn, I had made a note uh, about the guy in the beginning that he probably had radioactive burns.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and and it appears he did. I'm a genius. There's crazy pictures. Uh, This first picture is a pic of Stefan Milhek. Treated at a hospital for burns to his chest and stomach, in addition to his hands that turned into raised sores and like a grid like. I
0: was just going to say that's so bizarre.
2: Isn't that a weird photo?
0: It, um, okay, if you're if you're listening and unable to watch on YouTube, uh, you know the photos are on our social media, uh, Scared to Death podcast on Instagram, but or, or Facebook, yeah, yeah, or Facebook, um, but. If you can't do either or are uninterested in social media, it looks like a connect for checkerboard oh, yeah. kind mm-hmm. uh, of on his, on his stomach. These like, I don't know, dime-ish, maybe even nickel-sized raised mm-hmm. circular grid pattern on his very hairy chest.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, like on his stomach. Yeah, on go, his yeah, stomach, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Whatever, to me, they're all the same. One big hairy... F- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Torso. Uh, and Torso. This, this next picture is a Stefan's sketch of the strange craft that he said he encountered.
0: Okay. I mean, definitely what we think of when we think of a UFO.
2: Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the uh, the classic UFO structure. Yep. Uh, this next one, Warren Smith's, those two pics of that shiny disc spotted above, uh, spotted quickly rising and falling, excuse me, in the sky above conanascus Kana- Kana- It's just a word I'm not familiar with. conanascus Alberta. And you said there's two. Yeah, it's just like is it the same photo
0: photo in different colorways?
2: I don't know exactly. That's just what (laughs) I couldn't. Okay, okay. It
0: it is in fact the same. Okay, well I can tell you. You can
2: see the trees are a little bit different in each photo.
0: No, it's just in my opinion. Oh, slightly different angle. I think you're just seeing. It's just cropped differently but mm. i think the point of i think the contrast was changed just to help call out where oh, it is yeah i will say however okay so if you're looking at this the photo on the left has like a red or or sepia tone and you can see it the flying object is sort of like towards the middle of where the two photos yeah. are okay now if you're looking in the black and white like gray one you see the same one parallel to the one that we saw in the sepia tone but then if you go down if you're on the gray one, go down yeah. a little bit to the right. Do You see that other dark spot. Yeah, I think yep. that's Tyler. The you've cloud. got it. Yep. So it's like I think maybe in one photo yeah. you can see two UFOs possibly.
2: Yep. So yep. maybe
0: that's the point of the contrast.
2: Yeah. 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 Sounds right. Sounds good to me. Yeah.
0: I can convince people of just about
2: anything. <laughs> and then this next one, uh, old Halifax newspaper from 1967, Halifax News. <laughs> I know from the secret side, uh, where the Shag Harbour UFO sighting was front page news.
0: Could be something
2: concrete in Shag Harbour UFO RCAF. Oh my! That's the Royal Canadian Air Force. Is
0: is that your old timey radio voice?
2: Yeah, I think it again. I like it. I think I've slightly. What did it say? Could be something concrete in Shag Harbour UFO RCAF. It's like continue search today.
0: It's like the guy from the radio station. But like just 20 years earlier from like, what's your radio station? Honey buns or something. <laughs> DJ honey.
2: Oh yeah. DJ honey. I can't remember. that was DJ like,
0: Honey. On
2: the buzz. Yeah. Charlotte's number one adult contemporary station. Something like that.
0: Yeah. It's like you started in, um, like radio, uh, guy, uh entertainment. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, like when you would listen to like, old, like the ranger or whatever yeah. on the uh, radio. Thank you. I am really struggling with words. Um, and then his career progressed into like DJ host.
2: Yeah, I feel like the, the morning news guy. He's got a little bit. He's got a little bit uh, jazzes up his voice a little more. Uh-huh. Kind of holds on to his sounds at the end, where where the uh, the newscaster is. I
0: just love it so much. I hope this is entertaining. A little,
2: a little more formal. We have to cut off our sounds to sound more important. I have to I love instill it. fear in the general public.
0: I want that sound in the background. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everyone, get inside quickly. The Russians are coming.
0: Oh, know. no. Now you started to morph into DJ Honey.
2: Uh, no, DJ Honey <laughs> be like, everyone, get inside. <laughs> the Russians are coming. They seem angry.
0: In fact, he is angry. Get
2: inside and put on the buzz. Charlotte's number one adult and contemporary station. DJ oh. Honey. I don't know. <laughs> We've stop. been
0: getting emails. Don't people think it's funny? <laughs> okay,
2: good. So, yeah, so that's my stories.
0: Okay. Now,
2: now I get to hear yours.
0: The yellow sulfur stuff. That is really, really, the sulfurous foam. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Damn it, that's not the word I wanted. Fascinating, unique, surprising, <laughs> anything other than these three words. Which um, this is such a cool design. Yeah, it's from cool. our from one so, of our fans, so many, Meredith.
2: So many cool designs. So many
0: shanks. That's
2: this little Mothman guy.
0: I know he's so cute. cute.
2: Oh, he, <laughs> he he is cute. Has?
0: Oh, I was gonna say he has a nose she. ring too. She.
2: Okay. Oh, I think it is from the TimeSucks site, and I think it's um, it's Mothman's girlfriend.
0: Oh, <gasps> it is.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, she's very cute. She's so
0: cute. I I just like that. There's such a wide range of things. Well, this is from the Time Suck side, right? I thought that that was from. I thought Logan uh. did. So we have so much merch, we can't keep it straight. I thought that what you had was like the the sort of like kid mm. friendly, scared to death stuff, like the like fun creatures. Oh, yeah, maybe. And I think that this is cryptids from Time Suck. Okay. Because I was very confused because <sighs> awesome. I because I saw this. And I was like, well, that shirt's in the wrong section of the store. And then Logan was like, No, you aren't following along, Lindsay.
2: <laughs> I know there's I, I love the store is so robust.
0: I know it is it's really cool. Like
2: it's like a cool mall of interesting and weird things online.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have like meetings with various people all the time. And they'll like ask about, you know, our merch or I don't know. They'll it'll come up somehow in a conversation. We're like, oh, you should check it out. And the emails are always like, Holy shit, what <laughs> yeah. is happening over there? We're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, I know. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Which of our Layla armies?
2: Uh, I got yellow today.
0: I wish that we had a true orange Layla for Halloween. We've Mm, got black.
2: Pumpkin colored Layla.
0: Oh, a Layla with a pumpkin head.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, That'd be really cute. I like this one. Reminds me of like a a lemon pastry. Oh. I should be able to like bite Layla's head off and be so delicious.
0: I like that we're both hungry because in my mind, I was like, that looks like mustard. I want a hot pretzel. (laughs) <laughs> that's where my brain went. Oh, uh, we're all on, on this side of the show our very own Darren. Okay. Now, now, it is creepy, but I just love that this person like pretty much off the bat is like, yeah, a uh, little bit of a Darren, uh m- m- more curious, excuse me, more curious than scared, but like, you know, not doing something repetitively v- repetitively because they're scared, but more like what's going on here? Yeah. Uh yeah, I I just think it's 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 pretty fun. Um What would you do in a situation where you were pretty sure there was something paranormal going on? You weren't necessarily afraid of it, Mm -hmm. but you wanted it to go away. Would you confront it or would you just bail? Paranormal, Uh, not really scared. Confront it and say, like, peace out?
2: Yeah, it depends on where I am. I mean, if I'm at home, I'm going to have to confront it.
0: What if you're in an Airbnb? Mm,
2: I guess it depends on how much time I have left there. If I'm not scared.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if I would ask it
2: to leave. Am I, okay. I you might, I might just... leave
0: it for the next person?
2: Well, yeah, yeah. If it's not scary, okay. I, don't, I don't know.
0: All right, all right. Well, I, I have a hard time believing that for me, if I encounter anything, that I'm not just going to be like immediately practicing all the things I know to practice to get rid of it. Huh. I want to save the next person some heartache, maybe.
2: Well, but if it's being nice, maybe just let it be.
0: Is it, but, but how often is it that it's nice nice. to gain your trust and then it gets real creepy? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, check this story out. I love this. Hey, Dan and Lindsay, I love your podcast and I'm steadily making my way through the episodes. It gives me something to listen to at work and I'm often laughing out loud at my desk because of your (laughs) antics. Possibly not the response you want from listening to a scary story, but as you'll soon find out, That's kind of my take on the paranormal. As an adult, I would say I'm a creeper. But as a young child, I was terrified of the dark and everything in it. I was sure the house was going to burn down or someone was going to come to get me in the night. From a very young age, less than three years old, I remember hearing footsteps on the stairs when no one was there. And then, when I was a little older, seeing shadow figures coming up the stairs to get me, having radios, start playing on their own at night, and so on and so on. These experiences meant I didn't sleep in my own room consistently until I was in my early teen years because I was so afraid. Luckily, my mom was very supportive and listened, even if she wasn't sold on what I was saying to be true. She could see I was freaked out and didn't force me to face my night terrors alone. As an adult, my brushes with the paranormal have been much less and I left most of my fear behind. I firmly believe in ghosts, spirits, and the paranormal, but now my attitude is much more unbothered. You might even call me a Darren. I just don't have time for any spooky shit. They come back and annoy me when they have, uh, they can come back and annoy me when they have a 12-hour shift to work. I frequently say out loud when there are weird noises in my room and I'm walking to the bathroom in the dark or that one time I was held down in bed by a super sketchy looking thing, I say, piss off. Some of us have to work in the morning. If they were so powerful powerful and capable of harm, why not show up in the middle of the day and do something really worth my while? And until then, well, I don't, I don't have the energy to be scared. That being said, I still don't watch horror movies because my overactive imagination does not need more fuel and I'm easy to jump scare. Okay, so this story is not about any of what I would classify as small or irregular paranormal experiences, but my one big encounter that honestly, I didn't even really view as a haunting until I was describing it afterwards to some friends and they were like, hold up, that (laughs) is pretty sketchy. So at the time of the story, I worked as a live-in nanny for a family and I escorted their three-year-old daughter from the UK to America as the parents were already out there for a business trip with their baby that was just a few months old. We arrived at midnight and when we got to the house they had rented, I remember thinking it had a weird vibe. My room had these three full-length curtains, but instead of covering a window, they covered an opening into a small additional room, almost like an enclosed balcony. The whole room did not have a great feeling to it, but if any of you have taken a toddler on a 12-plus hour long-haul flight, sleep was far more important. Sure enough, three hours later, I was on call because the children were awake. The weird happening started Almost immediately. The house had a room off the kitchen, which was locked, as well as a locked basement, which was a little weird. Then we started hearing strange noises from the basement, and soon we were joking that someone was down there. Next, the kids' stuff started going missing. Plates, cups, toys, all of this that had been downstairs in the living and dining room area. And then the next day, when no one was around, things would go missing. Again, I remember joking. It was a ghost taking the kids' stuff and I didn't think much more of it. The parents were out most of the day with work, so I was alone with the kids. I took them out a lot to get exercise and not go stir crazy, but we would come back home for nap time. One day, I'd put the kids down to sleep in their room and was downstairs cleaning up and preparing the dinner. I heard the eldest call out my name, which she often did when she woke up. I called back that I was just coming and all the while thinking, great, she's barely slept. Walking up the stairs, I opened the door to their room and found both kids fast asleep. I remember standing there for a second, so sure I had heard her voice. Specifically, I'd know her voice anywhere. It had been maybe no more than 30 seconds from her calling my name to me getting upstairs. And here, I'll also point out that the kids don't use my full first name because it was hard to say when they were first learning to talk. So they call me by a shortened nickname, and it was this name that the voice had used when calling out. Slightly more weirded out, but still not fussed, I decided the ghost had probably been the one to call out and had just mimicked the child's voice. I went back downstairs and carried on with my day. (laughs) There were more and more (laughs) noises from the basement to the point that the father tried to make a shank to bust the lock so that we could take a look. I know, I know. Looking back, it's like, what the fuck, people? But he wasn't able to get in. And like I mentioned, the house had a weird mm. vibe, and we all said it was never somewhere we would ever stay again. Over the following days, the kids' stuff continued to go missing. And I just kept going like and it just kept going like it was totally normal. Cut to our last day before we left, I was packing up all of the kids' stuff so we were ready to leave on time. I still could not find a large portion of their stuff anywhere and was now getting a little pissed off. So I stood in the main living area and called out, if there's a ghost that's been taking our stuff, we leave tomorrow and I need it back. So it better be returned before we leave tomorrow. And you'll never guess what. The next day, I found everything as if it had never been missing and I got it all packed up. (laughs) I thanked the ghost, and we flew home, and only when recounting this story as a bit of a joke around the dinner table with friends did their horrified faces and no way reactions hit me. I would have left there after that, my friends yelled. Makes me question if I actually should have felt more fear than I did at the time. I hope this spooky little story of... is, war- I'm sorry, I hope this story is spooky enough to warrant a place on your podcast. And I'd just like to mention, in true Darren fashion, off the back of some recent episodes, that if in the current economic climate, there was a cheap house going, whose only flaw was that it was haunted, <laughs> well, you best bet I'd be moving in and the ghost would be my new flatmate. Oh my God. Up at 3 a.m., banging and crying, all are earplugs and play some nice rain sounds ghostly apparitions i'll wear an eye mask to bed so you can't so i can't be scared by what you can't see any other weird shit i'll sage the house and do whatever other voodoo to assert myself as top dog in the spiritual hierarchy (laughs) because unless they pay rent they need to back up and take a seat (laughs) huge love keep on doing what you're doing anonymous
2: that's a really funny, um, I mean, scary also, but um, whoever this anonymous, anonymous person is, they should be uh, like, a, I kept, I started picturing the Ghostbusters.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Like
2: like if you're that comfortable with like the spirit world and, and willing to challenge it. I know. That's gonna be some, somebody that, That's somebody I would want to hire if I had problems. Like Totally. They're like, whatever, I got this. When you, when you asked earlier about like, you know, like how much would you put up with or like in an Airbnb, unless I was getting it wrong, but I don't think so. Because so I know a lot of times Airbnbs, which makes sense, like the owner will lock a portion of the area to totally. store their own stuff. Totally. So it sounds like this was a basement that was locked and that's in the basements where they're hearing like a lot of the noises from and the voice. Yes. I'm assuming, I mean, I can't think of a basement that has multiple entrances. Usually, I mean, oh, I know yeah. it happens sometimes, but that wasn't brought up in the story. mm because what, what I would think uh, – what would scare me right away is if I'm hearing stuff down there and I can't get in. Like the guy, uh, the parent, the dad mm-hmm. tried to get in. She, I think she said – or he or she, yeah, she he... said shank. Yeah. And couldn't get in – like couldn't get in through, through the door. Um, So they – so like like if there was like a window, like an egress window or something oh, where you could oh, get oh, in, oh. then I'd be worried about an intruder. Like somebody is down there. Oh! Outside of that, I love that
0: that didn't even cross my mind.
2: Well, it doesn't it doesn't sound like that was the case? I am guessing very strongly that it was one way in, one way out of this basement, which is that door. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, where then it reads more paranormal to me, I and mean, I guess somebody could go and lock themselves in there.
0: That or they would... they could have somebody that they abducted oh, and put down there. Oh,
2: My God, yeah, that would make me want to leave. Cause I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to go to sleep mm-hmm. in a house with a basement that I can't go check out for myself mm-hmm. where I'm fucking hearing voices down there. That that's across the line for me. Okay. It's like I'm either kicking that door in, like I'm breaking the door off the hinges Ugh, to see yeah. what's down there. Um or I'm leaving.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: If I if I could break the door, get down there and really feel satisfied that nobody is down there and nobody could have like while I'm kicking the door down, gotten out. Mm-hmm. Then I might be able to stay there. Okay. If, if it's, if it's, you know, definitely a spirit, but even, even still like, that is creepy.
0: I love that this nanny yeah. stood in the living area yeah. and was like, listen, we're leaving we're, we're tomorrow. Leaving. I need my <laughs> shit back. Cause here's the I thing. can't believe that worked. I, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Like, are they sure there
2: wasn't some creep? But, but if there was a creep in the basement. Right. Why would the creep give them their stuff back?
0: Well, right. Because if they're a creep they're and, and they that. like kid stuff, if they're pedo, uh, yeah, right, that's, yeah. that's their fetish. That's their God, thing. Yeah. Um, I was relating to this story on so many levels because when I lived in L.A., I was a nanny for so many years. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That's like, I imagined myself in this one particular house of like, I would be standing like at the kitchen sink doing dishes. I had just put their youngest of four down for a nap. And if I would have heard little Alana like say my name, the kids all called me Lulu, which, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. is my my nickname. Yeah. If I went in there and then she was sound asleep, not faking it the way the kids sure, do sure. or whatever. Sure, You can tell usually. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think I would be waking the baby up and be like, just kidding. You're not getting a nap today. We're going outside. Like mm-hmm. this person is incredibly brave. And I like that they're just kind of brazen about it. Just like, oh, right. fuck off.
2: And it sounds like what they said, like they dealt with so much growing up. Yeah. That they kind of became jaded towards it.
0: Which but. is which is an interesting take, because mm-hmm. normally it's like when you are more s- scared mm-hmm. or or you become more um, critical of it. But like, yeah. like, this person is just brushing it off laughing. Yeah, I, I guess there could be
2: that angle where it's like, let's say you're terrorized a lot, you know, growing up by some kind of paranormal situation and but you but you never get actually hurt right or you know nothing like bad like you know you're not actually damaged anyway you're not yeah. physically assaulted you're not f- afraid you're going to lose your mind mm-hmm. i could see how you could just acclimate to it and be like whatever i'm going to see a spirit but then just like before nothing's going to happen
0: i mean is it just really no different than being harassed by your older sibling for years and years and years on end and then you just like get used to it you're like whatever I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Because mean, that feels like their approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. That's a great story. Yeah, I just thought, I mean, creepy, but also super fun and just mm-hmm. a, a different uh, a different portrayal of something that has happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now this next story, this- This is the plane one, right? This is the- pl- No, this is what I was working on on the plane. It, it oh, does, yeah, 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 yeah. It
1: doesn't yeah, yeah. happen yeah, gotcha, on a plane, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. but it yep, just yep. had me thinking
0: about like, I mean, like a plane is such an interesting location Of like, you, okay, like for us, we get on a plane, we immediately get on our computers, right? And then like, there's a certain period of time where you don't have Wi-Fi. So then you're watching a TV show. Maybe you doze off for 20 minutes. I mean, you're like kind of always in this weird sort of like in and out state, Mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. if you're particularly tired or it's an evening flight. Yeah, There's just so many creepy things that could happen on a plane. Totally. In a paranormal way. Yeah. Like the bathroom. Oh my God. (laughs) How many people have had heart attacks in bathrooms on airplanes? And have maybe died in there.
2: Is that a thing? I don't know.
0: I am gonna. I have flight attendant friends. I'm going to find out. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. But it It sent me over the edge also because when I got back to New Orleans, you had gone to Florida and I was going to have to drive home by myself in the dark. And you'll see in a minute, I was afraid like, oh, I'm so tired. What if I have to take a nap on the side of the road, which is oh, yeah. the premise of the story. And I was like, oh God, oh buddy. I was so scared the whole way home. Hello, Dan and Lindsay. Hello, <laughs> my boyfriend and I have a tradition of passing our drives from Utah to Montana while listening to "Scared to Death" or "Time Suck." I personally am more of a spooky lover, so I prefer "Scared to Death," especially when we're driving through the narrow mountain passes, and I can almost see things peeking out from behind the trees. Anyways, I have a story from you that I think may—I have a story for you that I think you may be interested in. In 2018, I decided to drive from Utah to New Mexico to visit my brother who lived in Albuquerque. It was my first time taking a solo road trip, and I'd planned the trip carefully. The trip home was not well planned, though. I'd left pretty late, and despite the long summer day, it started to get dark barely an hour after I left the city. As I approached the border of New Mexico and Colorado, I grew unnaturally exhausted. Talking it up to the late hour and the excessive traveling, I thought it would be fun and exciting to pull off and sleep in my Jeep along the road. I took an exit at random that was in the middle of nowhere and trundled down a dirt road and into a big open desert for the night. I took a moment to step out of my car and take in the absolute nothingness I was surrounded by. The sky was clear and star-strewn, but absolutely moonless. Being alone doesn't bother me, and I enjoyed the few minutes I spent staring at the stars. I couldn't see anything of the desert once I switched off my headlights and the darkness was heavy. I leaned the old driver's seat back, cracked the window for airflow, and settled down for some sleep. Except I couldn't sleep. Irritated, I shifted in my seat, adjusted my pillow, and grumbled to myself. I had literally pulled off because I was so exhausted. Why couldn't I sleep? It wasn't too much later when I first heard a noise in the night. The sound of drums, slow and heavy, Mm. broke the silence. I shot up straight, peered around in every direction. Nothing. Darkness as far as I could see. The beat was just low and dull enough that I figured I was imagining it and should try to sleep anyways. I lay back down, but I didn't dare close my eyes. I listened intently to the drums. And for a minute... That's all I heard. And then I heard the laughter. I cannot even begin to describe the laughter as human. It was a terrible, shrieking cackle that split the night. That was quite enough for me. Tossing my pillow to the passenger side and straightening my seat, I fumbled fumbled around in the dark for my keys. All went silent. The drums stopped, too. I froze and squinted out the window. There was no movement, and the darkness was unchanged. But a trickle of fear started rolling down my back, and my skin broke out into goosebumps. I don't know what was out there, but I knew I wasn't alone. Keeping my eyes peeled to the window, I groped around in the dark for my keys. They weren't in the council, and they weren't in the passenger seat, not in the door either. My heart raced faster and faster. Then I heard a low whisper, quite nearby, and it said my name. I jumped about a mile in the air and the laughter broke out again with the drums returning at a faster tempo. My name was repeated louder this time and I flung myself down to see if the keys were possibly on the floorboard. They had somehow snuck under the driver's seat and I snatched them, thankfully. Drums pounding, laughter cut with horrible voices shrieking my name, I started my car. The moment of turning on my headlines, headlights drove a deep fear into me. I don't want to see who or what was calling my name i didn't want to know thankfully i saw nothing i turned my car towards the road and as the headlights turned a radius they caught a dark figure fast approaching my car it was too tall to be a person it moved with an inhuman walk it was almost fluid in its gait i finished my turn back to the road and drove the fuck out of there i never looked back I think my mouth stayed open in a silent scream as I peeled down the highway. The knot in my gut didn't upside until I reached the Colorado border. I somehow knew that if I pulled over again at any point in New Mexico, I may not make it home. That night, I booked a hotel in Cortez, Colorado. I woke up in cold sweats throughout the night and listened intently for drums, but I never heard anything. I have not revisited New Mexico since. Thanks so much for this podcast, you two. I hope you know that you and Dan are such goals, and my boyfriend and I <laughs> are oh, in Montana cute. all the time. So we always get stoked when you all cover Montana stories. All the best, Evetta.
2: Evetta. Man, the land of enchantment was uh, extra enchanting down there in New Mexico.
0: Yeah. But the Skinwalkers down in <laughs> mm-hmm. New Mexico, too. I mean, that's like a huge part of that lore, yeah?
2: Yeah, for, um, yeah, this is part of the lore of a couple different um, tribes or nations down there mm-hmm. in, that, in that area. The dr- yeah, the drumming is, is very weird. Like, yeah, that's such an odd detail to like before the shadowy creature is spotted mm-hmm. to hear not just like weird sounds, but actual like drumming.
0: I know. It kind of makes sense <sighs> to me, though. If we're thinking about it possibly being um, tribal— You know, or, you know, then it's like, okay, well, who's to say that, like, ghosts or spirits can't perform what they performed in life, right? So, like like a spirit beating a drum, like a a whole drum circle, you know, maybe they're conjuring something up, maybe they were praying for rain. Like, I don't—you don't know, like, what these tribes could have been doing at any point that, like, a whole— group of them could have died or like right like so all these spears are together yeah recreating what they knew in life
2: it makes me it made it made my mind go to this place of like time not being as linear as we think it is ah. and, and like weird ripples and that whole like uh
0: glitch in the matrix yeah, kind like of glitch thing? in the
2: matrix kind of thing where it's like she's hearing and seeing something from another time like another okay. era that suddenly is like split into our reality in some way a little bit i don't know i think about that stuff like parallel universes and yeah time kind of like i mean (laughs) every time i think of these type of thoughts i immediately think of true detective matthew mcconaughey time is a flat circle And just like his, you know, just always going around and around. What if they're always screaming or
0: I don't know. You know, I'm currently obsessed with him. Oh, yeah. You're really in McConaughey right now. Oh, my God. Greenlights, you guys. Such a good book. And he does the voiceover on Audible. And it's, I mean, he. Matthew
2: Matthew McConaughey's silky voice.
0: That is literally not at all what he sounds like at all.
2: He does have a very good voice. He does. He He has a great voice.
0: He has a great voice. And he. All right. All right. All right. He was that guy so long ago. Mm-hmm, he's still that guy. <laughs> yeah. He actually, he talks like all about like the the drumming, the the bongo thing. And, <laughs> yeah, good for yeah, him. He seems he, like a cool dude. He is a cool dude. I actually, Interesting. Yeah, and I actually didn't realize, I don't want to call him like staunchly religious, but like. I think Spiritual,
2: he, right? Isn't he very spiritual?
0: I think he goes to church like every oh, week. Oh, like, actually, like, is like yeah. actually is religious. Like actually is religious, you know, yeah. I mean, raised in the South and, you know, all yeah, these. I
2: think he was raised in a small Texas town, wasn't he? Uvalde. That's right, that's right, that's right, because he gave that mm-hmm. heartfelt speech, yes, mm-hmm. yes, Kelly yes, Clarkson. yes, that's right.
0: Kelly Clarkson, too, I think, either was born and raised there or lived there oh. for a while.
2: Kelly Clarkson, that same little town, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Keep saying that fucking word,
0: yeah. Uh, I know. Well, it's it's an all-encompassing word. Yeah. You know, like, oh, hey, man, that's so cool. Like, cool right. is also. I know there are a
2: few words where it'd be really hard to replace them. Yeah. Like, you don't get to say good, or you don't get to say, Ooh. you know, um, trying to think of other very common adjectives, or bad, just like the mm. basics. No more saying bad. No more saying good. No more saying great.
0: You know, like, it's a hard one to get rid of. That's not an adjective. Huh. Got. Got. Yeah. I had a seventh grade teacher, Miss Aletta. Her theme of my seventh grade year was down with got. We were not allowed to say it. We we're not allowed to write it. Not allowed to use it. And when right.
2: you, she, she would replace, I'm guessing, with have. It, it, you, you don't got to go. You have to go. You need well, to go. You it should go. And have
0: to. It's I have to. Oh, have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was pretty... But looking back on it, I remember thinking, just like how once we called out wild, cool, and interesting, you don't recognize that you're doing it until someone yeah. highlights it, and then you think, oh. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yes. Uh, New Mexico, ghosts, drums, ripples, in time. Time is a circle. <laughs> how did we get to Matthew? <laughs> Good yeah. stories. Yeah. I, I really... That story... Because sometimes I truly get so tired, especially Mm -hmm. in the the early days of bad magic growing, and we were hustling. Oh, yeah. You
2: would sleep in the car sometimes.
0: I would drop the kids off at school, Mm -hmm. and then I'd pull off somewhere and sleep for half an hour because there was just... You know, I'd been up till 12 or 2, and then had to get up at 6 or 7 with the kid. You know, just like we had these short turnarounds. Mm -hmm. So this concept of like rest stops, sleeping at rest stops, pulling off on the side of a road, just anywhere, parking lots, like I have done that, and Mm -hmm. it just... And the stretch from Spokane to Coeur d'Alene, the freeway is just a two-lane freeway. And it I wouldn't call it wooded, but it's not brightly lit. Yeah. And there's a lot of forest around. It's it is quite a creepy setting. So yeah, to it's have dark this early story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And then that like skinwalkery type thing that she saw. Yeah. Too tall, too thin, weird mm-hmm. gait. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, was there like a drum circle? Like Was it bringing it back to life? And then the shrieking and the calling of her name. I don't know. It's just. ah.
2: Also, we never um, we haven't had time to watch that many shows recently, but Lindsay and I did just finish the new finally. I know it's not barely not even new now, but season four of Stranger Things. It was great. It was. I really liked it. I mean, I I, I like that show anyway, but that was my favorite season. And uh, season season one one and season four. Yeah. Are the the two tops for me.
0: Yeah. I am annoyed that it's going to keep going
2: on. I liked it. I I liked. I think this next one's going to be even creepier. But uh, I liked that it was more horror centric. Mm -hmm. You know, like it it definitely is in that fantasy realm. And yes, there's horror elements, but it was the scariest season. I mean, it's not a terrifying show, but it was nice and spooky in season four.
0: If I was like eight or ten, I think I'd be scared. Totally. Because I had I, I did have some moments early on watching it. I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of scared.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: they did it, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that it's gonna be like a year and a half before we get the next yeah. season. And that's why I'm anymore with shows. I'm like, you gotta you gotta make it tight.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: You know? Also, just really quickly talking about TV shows, I started watching The Patient Without You. Steve Carell, fucking phenomenal, but gets, I mean, this isn't like ruining anything yeah. if you've seen any of the previews uh chained up in a basement. Yeah. And uh wow. So when we were talking about the f- my first story with like something in the mm-hmm. basement, I immediately was like, "Steve Quirrell's in the basement. <laughs> Let him out."
2: Do you want to shout out some Annabells? I would love to, Dan. Okay.
0: I would like to thank the following Annabells for their support on Patreon and helping us to make awesome donations on your behalf. Carrie Goodwin, Lord Lucifer, Stacey Walters, Chauncey Fuller, Danny Hopkins, Bean Lord, Jacob Ferguson, Sarah Mills, Ron Loy, Mackenzie Johnson, Evan M., Jennifer Winkler, Stephanie Mariskanish, Bodacious Loki, Ariel and Joe Pedersen, Call Me Lou, (laughs)
1: Luke
0: Hoffer, Amanda Veery, Andrew Green, Amanda Tyson... Hustling Panda, <laughs> Sarah Peterson and Travis Tripp, Cameron Mattingly, Victoria Diamond, or er, as either Victoria Diamond or I spelled it wrong, and it's Victoria Diamondda. Justin Dube, Briar Gnardi, and Biohazard Max. Nice.
2: I'm gonna thank uh, or shout out to Annabelle's. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the. Uh old-timey newscaster voice.
1: Oh, I love Maybe it. Maybe it'll help
2: me pronounce these words. I would like to thank Sherry Law, Skylar Barrick, Austin Wenslick, Rhonda Raines, Mia Santina, Ariel, Ariel Antiveros, Genevieve Bowman, Angelica Jimenez, Cecilia Landwer. Why does no- it
0: make you go so fast?
2: I'll slow down for the rest of these. There's just uh, imminent danger and we have to get inside. But I'll continue to thank Cecilia Landwer. Nora Hopkins, Kendra Euler, Becca Piling, Roxanne Bollinger, Megan Watson, Christopher Linville, Jonathan Guther, Terry Hall, Cole Martin, A.J. Pais, or Pais, KBJ321, Jordan Yates, Jessica M., Bradley, Garrett Healy, and Shannon Hale. Nice. I think I might may, may have pronounced words a little bit better doing that voice. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I just had more confidence. I, sound, I sounded more confident in the mispronunciation, perhaps.
0: Uh, yeah. It did start to lend itself to DJ Honey. I think you only got the, like, oh, the you. old-timey voice, like, initial... Slight variations Well, it's a little it. bit softer, and that was still a little aggressive.
2: Well, that was supposed to be... I wasn't doing DJ Honey. That was a newscaster.
0: I know, but I'm saying he sounded more oh, like DJ Honey. He was too it. aggressive.
2: I gotta really work on this.
0: I know. I Important. want you to focus on it. Also, like, Linville, that is not a common last name. Are you related to one... Joe Linville just question email me if you are okay (laughs) spoopy shout outs to Joanne from Jack happy anniversary to Alyssa aka Lil Sippy from Josh I love you and I can't wait to marry you he calls her Lil Sippy because Uh she uses like a sippy cup for her alcoholic beverages and just carries it around with her like (laughs) I'm imagining like my Starbucks like Mm -hmm, spiky mm -hmm. cup but like a little one full of booze and I think I want to be friends with her To Bam from Bailey, happy one-year anniversary. To Sabrina from Chansey, happy belated birthday. And to Megan from your dad, Ron, I'm so proud of you for stepping outside of your comfort zone and so jealous of your trip. I love you. So cute, this dad. Yeah. His daughter is just, like, introverted, and she did some big, like, group tour kind of trip to, like, Europe or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if she's a kid who, like, is like, I stay in my room and I read books and I keep to myself, like, did, like, the polar Opposite. Oh wow.
2: I know cool. it's so fucking cool. Yep. Good on them. And that is our show. Thank you for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at Scared to Email us for everything else. Info at Scared Death Podcast dot com. Thanks, to Logan Keith, for his work on social media, uh, along with Tyler C. And to Logan again for running dot Thanks to producer Olivia Lee for finding today's first story and to producer Sophie Evans for finding the second. Thanks to Tyler C for producing and directing today. Woohoo! Thanks to Zach Cohen for custom soundbed creation, Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails, and to book editor Drew Atana for polishing and preparing the listener stories. Now for book number four, head to badmagicmerch.com to grab tickets for Scared to Death Live, Haunted Halloween, True Tales of Hallow's Eve Horror 2, stories that will only be told Thursday, October 27th, 6 p.m. Pacific time, but then will live for how many days afterwards? Seven. Seven days.
0: We wanted to make sure that you could have it all the way through Halloween.
2: Enjoy your nightmares, creeps and peepers. Hope you were scared to death. Bye. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Vanish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through but have no home here within,
0: scared to death. Any other weird shit, I'll sage the house and do whatever other voodoo to assert myself as top dog in the spiritual hierarchy. <laughs> because unless they pay rent, they need to back up and take a seat. <laughs> I was shocked, you know. They were always such a good team, So successful. But to do something like that to exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
1: Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm.